1995 Catechism of the Catholic Church calls the Eucharist the source and summit of the Catholic life, with all other sacraments of the Church bound up in the Eucharist, where Jesus Christ is truly present. Yet today in the Church we see an unprecedented attack on the Eucharist, with sacrilegious communion being the norm. By sacrilegious communion, I don't mean the widespread practice of the laity receiving Holy Communion regularly while going to confession rarely. I mean something much more insidious than that. I mean a public profanation of the most holy sacrament of the altar through high-profile cases of the faithful and lately the unfaithful receiving our Lord in the, in the blessed sacrament from those who should know better. The point of today's video, like every bad news video I do, is to get you to pray for the church. So please pray for everyone involved in the stories I'm going to share with you today. Our first story comes from Geneva, Switzerland, where for the first time in nearly 500 years, a mass will be said in the Cathedral of St. Pierre. The Protestant revolutionaries banned the mass in 1535 and smashed paintings, destroyed statues, slashed images, and engaged in behavior more befitting a Saracen than a Christian. Father Pascal Deathdieu, Episcopal vicar for the canton of Geneva, is the main celebrant of the sacrilegious mass and issued a joint statement with the local Calvinist leader, the Reverend Emmanuel Fuchs, where they announced together, quote, This mass will be placed under the double sign of Eucharistic hospitality and recognition. The statement goes on to say that, quote, we thus affirm that our churches, strong and rich in their respective traditions, can no longer be defined by their opposition, but by their manner of expressing together an evangelical witness, bearing fraternity and peace in the heart of Geneva. As Pope Francis said, ecumenism is achieved by walking. We are trying to walk together in the hope that when we have walked enough, the obstacles that seem to us today insurmountable will no longer be. End quote. How did this happen? Well, as it turns out in Switzerland, this has been going on for some time. In the original statement, which I have a link to on the sources blog at returntotradition.org, you'll find these words from the president of the parish council in the canton of Switzerland. Quote, This is nothing exceptional in Geneva. This is already practiced locally in many parishes during ecumenical celebrations, where Protestants and Catholics invite each other to the Lord's Supper and to communion. End quote. So the norm is sacrilegious communion, with Protestants and Catholics attending each other's religious services, which is a violation of canon law, by the way, and partaking of each other's communion offering. This is explicitly condemned by the Church and again by canon law, yet here we are, with this being the norm in Switzerland. The laity should know better, and that says nothing of the role of the local clergy in all of this. But it's not the only story of the abuse of the Eucharist. In Portugal, Amoris Laetitia strikes again, with a Portuguese cardinal uh, allowing divorce and civilly remarried Catholics to receive Holy Communion without ceasing to live in sin. Pay attention to the diocese that is at the center of this. From LifeSite News, quote, In an article published in January by the Portuguese daily journal uh, the Jornal de Noticias, Cardinal Antonio dos Santos Marto of Leira, Fatima, officially announced that two divorced and so-called remarried couples and a divorced and remarried woman have been allowed to receive Holy Communion in his diocese, quote, like any Catholic. 
Three more couples are following a path of discernment, which will allow them to receive the sacraments after having shown that they have a good faith relationship with God. The first ever couple to have obtained such official permission to receive Holy Communion with the approval of Cardinal Antonio Marto of Lara Fatima, Portugal, recently went public about their case. They are a formal female catechist and a divorced man who have been in a civil marriage for 10 years. They have been allowed to receive the sacraments since May 2019 after completing a path of discernment organized by the Diocese of Lyra Fatima in Portugal. End quote. Yes, the diocese in question is the diocese that Fatima is located in. <laughs> That's reassuring, I'm sure, and should be no cause for alarm for anyone who has been paying attention to the full fit message of Fatima. But the best part, the divorced couple began receiving the Eucharist again on May 13th, 2019, on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. There is something seriously twisted in the timing of that sacrilege. Cardinal Marto had this to say of the practice, quote, A path had not yet been found for divorced spouses, allowing them to be reinstated in the life of the Church and the Christian community, which in this case can lead to full integration of the sacraments. No one can remain condemned forever, that's what the Pope said. When a journalist asked if the Church needs to adapt to the times, he said, Right, it must welcome these families, but this is not only the affair of priests and bishops. Communities must do the same, Cardinal Marto said. End quote. So there you have it. More of the church having to adapt to the times stuff. Frankly, given that our times are dominated by faithlessness, perversion, the destruction of families, and the public rejection of Christ the King, which is all at the heart of this, this all leads me to wonder why on earth anyone thinks it's the church that needs to get with the times. Instead, the world is desperately sick and needs to get with the church. But instead, we have this kind of behavior where the lady should know better. They should know that what the church has always taught on the issue of receiving the blessed Eucharist still stands. That the words of St. Paul warning those that who would receive our Lord unworthily still stands, regardless of whatever weird ideas come out of Rome at any given point in time. But that's not the last story. Those stories were bad enough. But in our time when the national religion of pretty much every country in the Western world is politics and political theater, we have a story of public scandal and the Eucharist that should leave a lot of faithful Catholics outraged at not only those who allowed the next story to happen, but to the politicians involved for defying what the church has always taught about the Eucharist. Our story comes from Argentina. And by Argentina, I mean from Rome, where the president of Argentina and his mistress, not his wife, his mistress, received Holy Communion from an Argentinian bishop. They then met with Francis, who did not raise the issue of Moloch worship being legalized in their country. The scandal broke when, on January 31st, a video began to circulate of the Argentinian president and his mistress receiving Holy Communion from Bishop Sorondo in the crypt of St. Peter's Basilica. <laughs> the video of the couple receiving communion caused an international scandal among Catholics, yeah, you wonder, and dismay for Argentinians, who as a whole seem to be better catechized than their leaders appear to be, at least on this issue. But this gets better. Again, I'll quote LifeSite for this, who reached out to Bishop Sorondo for comment, and amazingly enough, he responded, quote, In comments to LifeSite on February 6th, Bishop Marcello Sanchez Sorondo, Chancellor of the Pontifical Academy of Sciences, vigorously argued that canon law obliges a priest to give the Eucharist to openly pro-Moloch politicians who present themselves for communion. 
The Argentine prelate said that only someone who has not, who has formally been excommunicated can be refused the sacrament. The Argentine president is not excommunicated, so I can give him communion, Bishop Sarando insisted. His pro-Moloch policies have nothing to do with it, he said. Other positions are only the opinion of some bishops of your country, Bishop Sarando told this correspondent, singling out U.S. Cardinal Raymond Burke. Canon 915 of the Code of Canon Law states, Those who have been excommunicated or interdicted after the imposition or declaration of the penalty and others obstinately persevering in manifest grave sin are not to be admitted to Holy Communion. In February 2007, Cardinal Burke wrote an extensive 55-page article for Periodica de Re Canonica titled Canon 915, the dis discipline regarding the denial of Holy Communion to those obstinately persevering in manifest grave sin. He went on to serve as head of the Vatican's highest court for over a decade. End quote. It's sad that canon law has to even say that those who support legalization of Moloch worship and claim to be Catholic are to be denied the Eucharist until they publicly renounce their sin. But that is the state of things today. What's worse is that this isn't even an issue for those running the church right now. But what does St. Paul have to say on this? Remember, sacred scripture is inerrant. The first epistle to the Corinthians is instructive here. As St. Paul says of the Eucharist, quote, for as often as you shall eat this bread and drink the chalice, you shall show the death of the Lord until he come. Therefore, whoever shall eat this bread or drink the chalice of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. But let a man prove himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of the chalice. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh judgment to himself, not discerning the body of the Lord. End quote. So what should you do? Get angry? I mean, sure, to a degree, as long as the anger is righteous. And if there is anything that should cause righteous anger, it is the profanation of the Eucharist. But really what you should do is to pray for everyone involved in this mess, and do acts of reparation for the sins we've, been commit we've seen committed here, all in public, all a tacit rejection of what St. Paul said, all a tacit rejection of canon law. For at the heart of all of this is a rejection that we are all to believe the same things about the faith and live in accordance with them before receiving the sacrament of the altar. That should be shocking, and for the for the for some of the, among you, I hope it still is. But I hope you remember this the next time you see short lines for confession at your parish and long lines for communion. And, you know, we don't know who has and has not gone to confession in those scenarios, nor the internal disposition of any person in particular. But in general, it is alarming to see that practice, which is so widespread that it's almost not worth pointing out. But again, apparently only about 30% or so of Catholics actually believe in the real presence anyway. But please pray for the Church and for everyone involved in these stories. And let me know what you think in the comments of this video or in the podcast notes. And thanks for your support, especially to the regular patrons of this channel who do make this work possible. Thank you for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.